I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to another episode of the Self-Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self-builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self-Build Magazine. We're going to be joined by Roger O'Connor. He is from ROC Energy. He's an engineer. He's helped a lot of people apply for an energy grant from the Authority of Ireland. So he, those are the grants, the government grants, that um, help you improve the energy efficiency of your home. So clearly the reason people want to improve the energy efficiency of their home is to lower their fuel bills and also have a healthier home to live in. So Roger is actually just here to chat to us about what it takes to actually apply to one of these grants because they're not as straightforward as you'd imagine. It's not a question of just getting cash in hand and go off and put a bit of insulation in your walls, unfortunately. So a bit more complicated than that. So Roger, uh, welcome to the live. And um, just I guess we'll just start with which grants are actually available at the moment from the SEAI. Uh, I think there's three kinds. So if you could just give us a bird's eye view of those and which to whom they apply. Cool. Uh, thanks, Astrid. Um, look, I'm uh, an energy consultant. Um, I've been in this space for uh, longer than I'd like to admit, since 2004. Um, and it, it's been an area that's been evolving. And to be fair, SEI um, through the grants process um, are very much a part of that. And I guess just to very briefly give an outline of what SEI are trying to do with the grants um, before we kind of get too hot and heavy into what exactly they are. Um, and I suppose I'll say off the bat as well that the SEI grants, um, you know, a lot of detail is up on the webpage already. Um, and a lot of stuff that we're going to touch on today is there. Um, and as I'll probably repeat a number of times, probably through this as well, um, they're, they're very good to contact, to be fair. So like SEI, the, the call line is there. Um, it's 01808 2004. Ben is looking for their, their phone number. That's theirs, not mine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think their lines are open like half nine to five or something like that. You know, they, they are very good, to be fair, and they are there to help. Um, the, the fundamental idea behind the grant 
um, is basically one of kind of two things. This is from my own opinion. I'm sure ACA might have a different formal opinion, but from what I can see, this is, this is the objective. Um, it's either to try to encourage you to do something um, that you would not necessarily otherwise do, um, or it's to enable you to do something that is otherwise too costly for you to do. So they're trying to either change your behavior in some way, or they're trying to encourage you or enable you to do something um, that you couldn't otherwise do. So that's the fundamental idea behind this. Um, so I know we'll probably touch on things like who can avail of what grants and, and, and that type of thing. And there will be a disparity. Um, and we'll kind of touch on why um, as, as well. But in short, like Astrid said, um, there, there are three basic avenues is the easiest way to explain it. Um, now, nothing about this is particularly straightforward, um, which is kind of where I come in and trying to help people navigate this, this particular um, line of things. But the three basic avenues, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to scroll, and I know you can't see this page, but I'm going to scroll for myself uh, down through the SCI webpage because I do explain it quite well. Um, there are three basic varieties. The first variety uh, is one that we won't talk about a heck of a lot now today, um, just because it's quite specialised, um, but it's the fully funded energy upgrade. Right? Now initially that does sound amazing, it's fully funded, right? It, 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 there really is great resources there. Um, and that is where the cost of the work and the management of the work and everything is handed off. Okay? Um, so that's, that's managed through the um, SEAI uh, agents themselves. This is particular for very certain people, uh, largely trying to help maybe more vulnerable people, that type of thing. Um, the list of people who are um, eligible for that kind of grant include people on fuel allowance, job seeker allowance for six months, uh, working family payment, one parent family payment, and, and it kind of goes on that kind of vein. So a certain um, group of people who, who might need additional assistance. That is for them. It's a bit more specialized. I won't go into it at great depth um, here today. The other two are the more mainstream ones. They're the ones you'll hear a lot more about. Um, so in short, if you're a person who's looking to maybe avail of a grant, you have one of two roles that you're really going to be looking at. Um, it's either going to be your individual grants are the one-stop shop, okay? Um, and to very basically say it, the individual energy upgrade grants are a subset of the one-stop shop, okay? Um, and you're going to be somewhere on one or the other, or maybe annoyingly enough, in between the two. Okay, so basically, the individual energy upgrade grants are intended if you're doing one or two pieces of work. So something like uh, additional roof insulation and our additional wall insulation. You don't have to do more than one. You can just do one, and it's perfectly fine. So it can be the start of the journey. Um, there are things though that are missing from that energy upgrade grants, which are included in the one-stop shop grants. Um, so they are things like um, the ventilation allowance, or what's called the NVHR grant, um, are windows. Window upgrade is also not included in the individual grants, but it is included in the one-stop shop grants. Um, I, I, I don't go too far down, it's like a monologue here, but I'm just going to give a brief <laughs> A very brief descriptor as to what the difference is between the two. Yeah. Um, the individual energy upgrades, um, it's basically best described as a basket of upgrades. Um, so from the basket, you can take one or many, whichever you prefer yourself. Um, you can take one today and then do nothing and then take another one next year and then do nothing and take another one, whatever, two or three years on, if 
the grant is still available. Um, so it's, it's entirely up to you. The basic process, now there is a slight caveat to this and I will get onto it in a second, but the basic process is you engage with SEI first. I can't stress that enough. Engage with SEI first to apply for the grant. Once you have been approved for the grant, you then go and find an approved registered contractor. And um, it can't just be, you know, Roger down the street with the van, right? Can't be that. It has to be someone who's registered with SEI to do this work. Um, and that's for a few different reasons. One of the critical reasons, in my opinion, is because they're a trained professional. They should know what they're doing. The work should be of good quality standard. So it's important that that kind of control is there. Hmm? Theoretically, there have been, yeah, they're not, they're not all, but listen, that's, that's just the beast. They're not all, uh, they, they don't have all great standards. The SCAI does try to help them and they are, yeah, there is confidence to have, but it's not fine. You can't believe that they're going to be really excellent at that, and, you know, they're on the no, It's not stuff. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. Like, just because they're on the registered list does not guarantee they're good. Yeah. But not being on the registered list, you know, kind of goes the other yeah. direction. Um, so, but yes, I'd absolutely agree with that. Like in terms of, sorry, I'm going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole here very quickly. Um, and if I do talk too quickly, by the way, apologies, I'm cork, so that kind of happens. But uh, I'll try and tone it down, you know, Astrid especially. I try and talk so fast. <laughs> I talk too fast sometimes. Um, but the, with, with the, to be fair, with the quality approach around SEI, it is your own responsibility to source a quality contractor. Um, so like, like getting any contractor, it's always a good idea to get references, get proof of previous work, um, ideally, you know, kind of not directly from them, ideally indirectly through other people, not just, oh, you know, I did this work for Michael, here's Michael's number, he's very happy with me. Sure, for all you know, Michael is his drinking buddy, you know, you, you just don't know. So um, you're better off trying to find, quite frankly, what I do sometimes is I'll drive down a road and someone has done some really good work that I like, I visually like it, and I go, knock on the door, who did you work? Do you know, and, and, and just walk the streets a bit and try to get some ideas uh, that way. So, but you're absolutely right, Astrid, like, SEI aren't a guarantee of quality, but they're certainly a good step on the way. Um, a good as an aside, it's a good short list, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, they, they also do have a quality team. You have to use them, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they have a quality team that do come and do spot inspections. Yes. On people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so there is there is a bit of backup there, but I agree with you. You know, sometimes like registering isn't a horrible ordeal, and um, so it's, it's possible that they just register and they get through a net. You know, that it, that is entirely possible. So always, you know, three quotes, proof of workmanship, all that kind of just good practice approach to, to getting into beyond. Um, but basically, you, you you engage, you know, a good contractor ideally to carry out the work identified, um, and then. There's a slight difference in approach here, but basically you then engage a, a BR assessor who comes and inspects the property to give you the new BR rating. Um, and basically what that is, is that's kind of the bookend for the objective as far as SEI are concerned. And SEI's objective in terms of the individual grants is that your property improves by a certain amount. So there is a step objective there that it has to achieve to be able to, to, to benefit from the grant. Um, now again, the registered contractors doing the work should advise you accordingly beforehand of, yes, if I do this work, you know, we'll all be good. Um, the, the 
the BR assessor comes out, does the BR assessor, issues a new one for the paperwork, will also actually do a kind of an artificial um, look back as if the work had not been done. And that's how they identify the gap. That's how they identify the improvement step. Um, and then all the paperwork is submitted into SEI. If it is things like wall insulation or roof insulation, it's paper, it's, it's done on paper, which is still confusing <laughs> to a large degree as to why it's that way. Mainly it's because the grants have been around for so long that the system was originally set up on paper, it's still paper-based. Um, I was mentioning earlier on there's a slight difference in some of them. The PV grant is different in this regards. It's all digital. So there's no paper, paperwork in the same way. Later. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's still checks and balances. It's, it's, it's still very good, but it's just all paper-based. Sorry, it's all electronic. So it's, it's just a different approach. Um, so just, uh, Roger, you're talking about the individual grants there, which is the more straightforward application process you're getting grant just for one thing. So it could be, or multiple things. Or multiple, so yes. Grant for, for each individual things. You can do multiple things, but you just basically get your, so it's fairly straightforward in that sense then. So you just apply, you get the pre-BR, get your contractor, and then and then you, you pay in advance, is it? You Don't you pay the contractor in advance? Well, and then I suppose every, every contract is probably individual um, along with the BR assessor as well. In, sorry, should, I shouldn't say, I, I mean, do you pay your contractor at the end of the works and then the SCAI refunds you? Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Yeah. yes. I, so I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I, I'm, I'm committed on the back of that one. In advance, sorry. I meant, yeah, so you're out of pocket for a little while, so you wait for well, the money. Yeah, like you, you, you pay your deposit and then you, you obviously get the work done and then you um, pay end of, end, end of stage payment and then you collect your reimbursement um, of grant. So, so that's the, pretty straightforward. Are there any hoops to jump through for that? Is it complicated with that? I suppose the only times I've seen difficulties around that um, is, is actually just, so there's two things really. One is where uh, the work was done correctly, but really, I suppose it wasn't the, the right work. It wasn't the thing that was needed most. Um, so just as, as, as a small example of that, um, somebody put in a large array of PV panels um, when their electricity use wasn't particularly high. Um, but they had been kind of, I guess they had been convinced of the notion that having this amount of PV panels would be great for them. Um, whereas they had oil-fired heating and they had stoves and they had, you know, a lot of their car was diesel, for example, so they had very little electricity use. So the difficulty there was they fully complied with the grant um, and they got the grant money and all the rest, but just the works that were done were not necessarily the most important thing they could have done to improve their, their particular requirement. Panels being basically photovoltaic, so solar panels that generate electricity. Yeah, on yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, the only other one then I've seen is uh, where the, the, the work that was done was done, I suppose it, it, it didn't qualify for that, that gap. It didn't create the sufficient gap um, to, 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 to warrant the grant. So it just didn't comply with the grant requirements. Um, and unfortunately... What's the gap you have to achieve then? You have to go... Oh, you're, you, I, I, I never say numbers off the top of my head. Yeah. The word wrong. But it, is it a question of let's say achieving a B2 energy rating? No, not for the individual grants. Or how much you improve. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah exactly. There's, there's basically a set level. Whatever that is. 
yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I, I know I should probably know that off the top of my head. I'm not one of those engineers, so just numbers are off the top of my head. I have everything written down on sheets, <laughs> otherwise I'd forget it. Um, but yeah, there's a certain uplift. And, and the basic story is that it, it, didn't, it didn't meet the requirement. So the BR assessor went in, um, assessed the work, just didn't, didn't meet the requirements. Therefore, the grant didn't qualify or didn't get approved. Um, and, and the homeowner was, was out of pocket at that point because they had paid the contract, the contract was gone. Um, and, and, and the works that were done were grand, but they just didn't meet the requirement. So um, there's, there's difficulty on that. And, and, and I suppose that's kind of where I'd urge people to, you know, make sure they're getting good advice, not from the people who are selling the solution or a solution. Um, to move away then. That, that advice, would the BR assessor, would it be a question of, let's say if you're thinking I need to do something about this house, it's freezing or whatever I want to, I want to, to do a, a bit of an energy upgrade. Would the first step then be to contact the BR assessor? That would be relatively independent because their only job is to do a building energy rating. Um, would that be the first step? For yeah, well, I suppose um, the first step really is, if, especially if you purchased the house kind of in the last 10 years, there should be an existing BR with the property. Um, and if you don't have it to hand, you go again to the SEI website. I don't, I don't work for SEI, by the way. I will sound like I do during the course of this, this, this conversation. But Agency, so yeah. Yeah, yeah they're very good. They're very good. Um, so go on to their website. Um, there's a section there for Find My BER. You put in your NPRN, which is a meter point reference number, which is on top of your electricity bill. It doesn't matter who you get electricity from. It's up there on the top right-hand side normally. It's like, uh, it starts at 100 normally, right? Um, like an 11-digit code. Put that in, you will get back your BER search and report, okay? So if you already had done in the last 10 years, if, if it exists, it'll be up there. That's a starting point, because that gives you an indication as to what could be improved, you know? Um, so if you, you know, without talking to anyone else, that's a starting point. Um, the second one is, yes, you, you could engage the services of, you know, an engineer or a BER assessor or someone that's was independent who is not linked with someone selling something other than maybe their services as, uh, to, to, to support a, a decision. Um, the, the old process, when I say old, I mean back in 2011, 2012, I've, I've been around that long, this kind of stuff, um, was that you needed a, a, a BR assessment first. The first step was get a BR assessment, then it was get the grant, then it was get another BR assessment. To be fair, to try and speed up the process, they got rid of the first BR assessment. You, know, I, you can understand why it was taking a long time. Um, so, so that became part of the, um, the gap, I suppose, where there was a lack of support and decision-making, is probably how I would describe it. Um, but, but generally, you know, yeah, getting, getting some, some advice from someone who, isn't, who hasn't got direct skin in the game is, is beneficial to try and figure out what the first appropriate step yeah. is. Energy assessors, or like yourself, or someone, yeah, or, or I suppose they'd be less, they'd be quite focused on the BR only, I suppose. Or would a BR assessor be enough, or do you need someone more specialized? Well, it, it, I suppose we'll talk about heat pumps in a second. Um, but generally, it's good for a step. Yeah, a BR assessor should be able to give you some guidance as to, as, as to what could be done. Um, like, yeah. it, it kind of depends on, on you know, some, some people. Ask is the big thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 Just, just go yeah. and ask and see what you yeah. can find. Um, Okay. I'll, I'll maybe come back and touch on the heat pump in a second. I'll jump straight over to One Stop Shop and then I'll come back at the heat pump just because it's relevant to both. Um, the, the One Stop Shop service then is different. 
Um, it's, it's different in that it is intended to be much more streamlined. It's intended to be uh, simpler, I suppose, in a way. Now, it's, it's, it's much bigger. Um, the process for One Stop Shop is you approach one of the now 15 registered One Stop Shop providers. Um, so you can go to any one of the 15 you wish. There's no restriction on it. Um, most of them serve all the country. Just have a quick look again on SEA's website to see who doesn't and doesn't, doesn't serve your area. But most of them serve all of the country, so it's not a problem. Um, engage with them. The first thing they'll actually do is the first step in that is an energy assessment. So it's almost like the, the old way. So it's, it's, it's back into that. The, you engage with one-stop shop uh, provider. They will, will charge you an upfront fee for the one-stop shop initial uh, energy assessment, which... I'm scared already. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's, it's something, like, again, they're all different, but something probably in around 800,000 euro region, okay? Hmm. For which there is a grant, okay? So I think the grant... And it is to, no, I have written down here to, just in case I get asked. Uh, I think it's 250 euro, I think, is the grant back on that. I really should know that answer, but anyway, if I get what the number is. But you, uh, even if you don't follow through with the... No, only if you follow through. Okay. So, so that's where, um, I suppose, you need to be a bit careful in, in, in terms of which one are you heading down. Are you going down the individual energy upgrade route, or are you going down the one-stop shop route? Because um, the one-stop shop route is, is really good in terms of what it does. Um, but the upfront cost is, you know, 800,000 euros or something in that kind of region. Um, there is a grant back for it. I know I should know it. It's 250 euros, something like that. Again, the number's up there on SA website. Yeah. Um, but yeah. that, that is a much more involved process. Um, so like cards on the table, I do that kind of work. So I'm not selling my services here, but I'm just letting you know that that work is much more involved. That that work involves sitting down with you as the homeowner, talking about where you want to get to, trying to figure out where you are now. And the end result of that process is that you get a shopping list. And this is the key thing. You get a shopping list from that uh, energy assessor, who, by the way, is independent of the one-stop shop. So you go into the one-stop shop for state one, but actually, quite frankly, in the background, they have to kick you back out to an independent energy assessor. That's, that's a very important part of it. And they all do that. So it's all independent. Um, the energy assessor then will advise you. They give you that shopping list of, okay, well, you're currently you're at a D1. You must get to a B2 or better. You can say you want to put an A1, no problem, but you must get to a B2, okay, minimum. So they give the shopping list. Once you have the shopping list, you can then go back to any or all of the 15. You don't have to go back to the same one-stop shop um, provider, although many people do, which is fine. There's no issue with that. Um, and then you have your shopping list. So you can go back to all 15 and go, here's my shopping list. Please price accordingly. And you get your 15 quotes. Yeah. Or your one quote, or two quote. There's no minimum, maximum requirement. Um, and then once you have that, you now have comparable options. And that's the really good thing about the one-stop shop, is there's comparable options. Once you have that, then you go down the road of one of the providers, um, select whoever you're going with, and then they will manage the grant process for all the work in the background and what they want to do is they want to work with one person on site okay so for self-build this can be where it's a little bit you know i suppose in, in terms of your approach if you're doing a self-build where you've gotten in one builder contractor to do all the work who's responsible for you know the i'll use old language sparkies and chippies blockies right the electricians and the, <laughs> the carpenters and the block layers and um, if you know if you have one main contractor there's a perfect marriage because you've got the one-stop shop who's one 
entity, you have to build the main contractor, one entity, does a symbiosis, they work beautifully together. Um, when you start having, you know, oh, I have Charlie for the block work, and then I got Michael for the installation, and I got Jimmy for the wiring, and I have my buddy Mick coming over for the company there in two days, it starts to get more difficult, you know? Um, and I must admit, at that point, it, 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 it can be tricky because it doesn't necessarily suit this idea of, I guess, symbiosis between the two entities. You know, you have a one-stop shop here who's lean and mean and ready to go, and you have this kind of loosey-goosey approach on the other side. But with one-stop shop, if you get the grant, you have to go one-stop shop. You can't, you can't go directly let it open, yeah. Yeah, so um, so you go you go through that one uh, that that provider and that provider the way they a lot of them work is they don't do everything in house. You can't expect them to to be fair. So a lot of them say for example if they're an insulation company they'll have associations with heat pump companies, you know, and they, and they and they work together to deliver. So they'll deliver the heat pump and then they'll hand over at some point to your plumber to do the rest of the work, you know. So, so again, there's a marriage there. They don't do everything now. You, you can approach them and say, look, you're doing the up anyway. Will you consider doing all the plumbing work? You know, and yeah, you can you can down that road if you like. Um, but there's no necessity to. The requirement is pick up the There, do you mean if you need to upgrade the whole radiators or what? Or just connection? You mean connecting the heat pump to the house? No, no, no. the connection will be done by the heat pump supplier. Um, yeah. But in terms of, yes, in terms of, like, coming out from a new build perspective, you know, the underfloor heating possibly, or the new rads or whatever, like all the, the downstream, I suppose you probably call it, yeah. um, plumbing work is, is your own plumber. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's your own plumbing site. You're not getting a grant, is that no. it? No, there's no, there's, no, there's no grant for the, I suppose, the radiator side of it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a grant for the heat pump uh, side of it. The one-stop shop would only carry out the work that you're actually getting a grant for, which is yeah. just the component yeah. and not like, well, how about the controls? The controls are typically included in the grant. So they will also do the controls for you, but they won't touch your ads or if you want to go to underfloor or whatever. Not as a direct part of the grant agreement. Now, to be fair, there are a lot of uh, installers who would also do the extra work, but like that's, that's part of an extra part, piece of the contract. You know, that's not necessarily part of the, the main grant-funded contract. It won't change your grant level is, 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 is the basic answer um, to the conversation anyway. Um, there is no grant available for things like RADs and underfloor and that kind of stuff. Just doesn't exist. Um, but, but basically the, the idea being that the one-stop shop takes care of the management of it. You know, that you don't have to deal with all those nitty-bitty intricacies of trying to coordinate people. So they deal with the site manager and you're away you go. So even the electrician, because you need an electrician to connect your heat pump, that would be managed by the one that's an electrician for the heat pump. Well, you'd probably have an electrician on site and they'll, they'll coordinate with them initially just to say, look, are you happy to, to wire up and you know, do, do, do both things work? Um, like, I suppose it, it all, at this point, almost each site is individual in terms of are the heat pump supplier happy that the site electrician can actually do this work? Because if they're not, then they'll do it themselves. Do you okay. know? So there's, 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 probably, there's probably a bit of devil in the detail um, on that site. Okay, so then how much do you get for all the, um, it sounds expensive, your, your just initial consultations and um, we're looking at, I know really talking figures in the sky um, and it depends on how energy efficient the house is and the state it's in, if there's already insulation or not or whatever, but there have been a lot of 
like typically for a house it's like fairly average doc maybe 60 grand is the figure that seems to be the most common that you hear about that, that doesn't scare you as a number does it no um uh, so i suppose look the the and, and and this is maybe where the conversation starts around which road am i heading down you know which, which am i on individual grant or am i on one-stop shop grant and um, like the one-stop shop i suppose in terms of its birth story and i forgive me sei if i get this wrong <laughs> please feel free to correct me um but really the name behind it is deep retrofit Do you know like that's that's the name behind this thing. It's just not a very sexy name, so they don't use it. Um, one-stop shop is, is, is a much more uh, appealing name, so that's the one that's used. Um, but the idea of it is that it is a deep retrofit, you know, like you're, it's not unheard of at all to be going in digging up floors, you know, like the, the mess that makes alone is, is absolutely horrific, but that's the level you're at. You know, you're digging up floors, you're tearing down internal walls, you know, you're, you're bringing it back oftentimes near enough close to a shell you know a shell at this point with no floor and um, so you really come back to bare bones you know if, if not trying to be flippant but if you think you're spending less than 60 grand to to do that to a house these days you're 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 not in that game you know you're, you're not that point then obviously what you're saying say again sorry i'm missing half so estimate obviously then what you're saying well I suppose, look, the, 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 the thing always is the upper end is whatever you're dreaming of, yeah. you know, um, like, like I said, some people like, you know, look, are you, are you going for a swimming pool? Like, because that's a whole other level, you know, like, it, it kind of depends. But if, if you look at like the, the you know, traditional, I suppose there's, there's a small difference between new build and refurb. Uh, refurb has a few sunk costs in it that don't exist in a new build. You know, like for a very start, you've you got site clear down and clearance, which a, re, a, a new build ideally doesn't have, may have, but generally wouldn't. Um, so rebuilds can often be, you know, have a few more strings attached than, than a new build. Um, the, like, look, the, the, I'm not going to go into the, the, the cost of building and materials and all that good stuff. We all know the story. Get a sense of scale because it is basically you're embarking on fairly expensive project so how much would you get from the AI their maximum amount because it's actually a fixed amount isn't it the maximum amount you get back 30 grand uh, well it, it, it depends on the on, on, on the elements you go with so same ADs get a slightly different amount to detached you know which get different different terrorists so there is a different um quantity so just for example um I'll go down now the the route of the like uh, attic installation for a an apartment under the one-stop shop is 800 euro um, but for a detached house it's 1500 euro so i suppose the the numbers are different but to a degree it almost doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what the person in the detached house on the way is getting if you're in an apartment your scenario is your scenario it doesn't really matter what anyone else's scenario is um, in terms of the overall, no, there's no there's no limit to like your your your, your maximum drawdown. If you qualify, you qualify, and that's it. You you, you get the grant level. Um, but in terms of, I suppose the um, the, the 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 approach, like yeah, if if you're not up at that sixty thousand euro, you know, I'm doing a lot of work here level. 
then quite frankly, you're probably not talking about one-stop shop. If, if what you're looking at doing is, you know, you've got a 1970s detached bungalow, you just bought it, and, or maybe you haven't just bought it, maybe, you know, you're a retired couple or whatever, you have this property, um, and you're looking to just improve it, you know, not do a whole blow-out walls and make a fabulous glass box German Bannon job, right? Um, that you just want a slightly more comfortable home, um, then the one-stop shop is really good for that, you know? So, yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But so for the 60 grand, okay, obsessing over... But let's say you get 30 grand, it costs you 30 grand. Is that fair to say? Or is it 60 grand plus 30 you spend 90 grand? I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the, the engineer's answer of possibly, uh, possibly. <laughs> like, because, like, Basically, it's a hell of a lot of money. You need to finance yes. it. There are green, there are a lot of loans at the moment to get these things done. So it's, it is possible to finance and find something that works, I guess. Um, yeah, probably- and it does help as well if your end product, you know, is that B2 level where you're onto that green mortgage yeah. level of things as well, you know, so slightly cheaper finance in the long term, not just the borrowing to get the works done. So, you know, there's, there's, there's combinations there. But in, in answer to your question, um, the grant has an upper level, you know, so like, like I said there, the detached uh, attic insulation is €1,500, regardless of whether it costs you €1,600 or four and a half grand you're still getting 1,500. However, if, you're, if it costs you 1,000 euro, you're getting 1,000 euro, Yeah. right? So you're not making money on this thing. Like you're not gonna be printing cash at the back end of it, right? Um, so like you, you invariably with this work, um, it, it contributes to the cost. It doesn't cover the full cost. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's, it's to try to encourage you to do something um, that you might otherwise feel is a bit cost prohibitive. So that's, yeah. Um, there's a question there. Someone's saying that they rang the SBI and they applied the, for, for the grant after put in, which doesn't sound right. It, you need to get an approval from SEAI that you're going to grant before. Isn't that right? Yeah. I hate hearing those stories, I must admit. It's, it's, it's awful. Like, it, unfortunately, it is part of the process. and. Um, the, the way so I have it set up, and, and in my opinion, quite frankly, quite rightly too, um, is that it is very linear. Um, you have to apply to SCI first before you do anything. You can get some advice, cool, no problem with that whatsoever, but don't engage somebody until you've got SCI approval, and certainly don't get the work done until you've got SCI approval. Um, 
there, there's a very linear process. You know, it, it doesn't, it just frankly doesn't function at all to try and get the work done and then retrospectively apply for a grant. It doesn't happen. Yeah, you won't get it. No. So just, there's then the, so installation, I suppose, fairly straightforward in a way, um, but in the sense that, let's say for the individual grants, um, you, you know, you're going to go for, you're going to decide with your or your BR assessor, which one to go for, whether external wall, you're going to pump the wall or go to the attic or whatever. But if you look at um, a heat pump grant and a PV grant, those are a bit more, it's not, it's not hard, isn't it? How does it work for a heat pump grant? Well, the, the, the good news is the PV grant is as straightforward. Actually, it's a bit more straightforward, but we'll get on yeah. that in a second. Yeah. Um, the, the, the heat pump grant, no, the heat pump grant has a few more legs to it, okay? Um, but again, look, I'm an engineer, I think it's for a very good reason. Um, I'll, 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 I'll couch it with a little bit of background. Heat pumps are excellent when applied correctly. Heat pumps are really not excellent when they're applied incorrectly, okay? The heat pump grant is really designed around this idea of let's make sure the house is right first and then put the heat pump in. Because quite frankly, if you put a heat pump into a house that's not suited for it, it will end up costing you more money than an equivalent traditional boiler, let's call them oil, gas, whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, so one of the first steps in the heat pump grant is to get what's called a technical assessment. And um, again, full, full disclosure, I provide the technical assessment, so I'm not selling the service, but just saying this is the step that's required for the heat pump grant. What a technical assessor will do is typically, I suppose for this audience in particular, they might have an existing property, they're you know, planning or they, they, they have designed on a redevelopment of that property and you know, extension possibly or upgrading or whatever. And the, the question becomes, first of all, weirdly, is the current house heat pump ready? Okay, um, and the, the technical component behind that is what's called the HLI, a heat loss index. Um, heat loss index simply looks at the building's ability to retain heat. Okay, it looks at the roof wall floor insulation, the windows, and the ventilation air tightness um, characteristics. It, it gives it a number. Okay, if that number is below two, you are determined to be what's called a heat pump ready, and you're good to go. You can get a heat pump, it'd be fantastic, right? Um, Oh, lost you there. Okay. If the HLI is below two, um, then it's starting to be good and heat pump will work. Personally, I always recommend that while it will work, I prefer to be down around 1.8, 1.5, kind of ideally. It'll be fine at below two. There's no problem below two, and technically, you, you, you know, you're good to go. Um, just to, to feel the savings from putting the heat pump, I'd like to be down around 1.5 or 1.8, okay? Again, these are all numbers, it doesn't, work, doesn't matter too much, right? If you're below two, you get the grant, end of story. If you're now not below two, so if the proposed property, bearing in mind it'll be the, the existing house with whatever upgrades, plus the extension and so on, the whole thing gets assessed together. If that is not, not below two, the uh, assessor will give recommendations for what is the best thing to do to bring it to below two in order to make the heat pump 
uh, compliant and, and, and viable for use. Um, once again, once that's below two, then you go off, you do the work, um, you get the information, all the rest. The assessor then has to come back and confirm that the the works were done and it is now indeed below 2.0 and then the grant gets released. So the heat pump process is more involved, but that's just because the the, the solution is more technical. Um, but and, and if the assessor comes back, is that an assessment based on paper or are they actually checking that it's been done properly on site? <laughs> no. This, this, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be very careful. Like, uh, a technical assessor and a BR assessor are not there to confirm quality of work. They're, confer they're there to confirm existence of work. And I suppose that might sound very kind of, but they're the same thing. Radical. So it's whatever was said, put in. Yeah. Heard for it that it was done right. Yeah. And, 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 and this is the problem that people come across quite often, to, to be honest, um, especially in the one stop shop um, side of things, is proof of what is in the wall, right? If you go back to like VR assessment and that type of thing, what's, what's actually in that wall? Um, there's, there's, there's three levels of proof. Um, the first level that takes precedence over everything else is, is what the assessor sees. So if the assessor goes in the attic and sees 200 millimeters of insulation or eight inches of insulation, that's what's there. You can give them all the, the, you know, the promises and decorations of whatever the world. X-ray eyes to see what's in the wall. Well, in, in, in a wall, it's a different thing, but, but, but level one is always what you see. What you see as an assessor is what's there, right? Nobody can, 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 can kind of convince you otherwise, it's what's there. Second level is documentary proof. So documentary proof starts with a de declaration from an, from an engineer or architect who was involved with the build to say, this is what is in that wall. So someone know. who checks it, let's say for stage payment or just because the client asked them to check those done right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you know, some, some professional, by, by, by definition, architect or engineer, and who was involved with the build, declares what is in that structure, roof, wall, floor, whatever. Um, the third level is other documentary evidence, which are invoices showing the material delivered to site. Extremely tough to get, like, at the right quantities as well. So, like, you say to me, oh, there's, you know, 300 millimeters of insulation in that wall, and it's all you know, top of the range, insert insulation manufacturer here, right? Um, it's all that. They go, okay, show me all the invoices with that product on it at the right quantity. And bearing in mind, I know the area of the house. I know the area, what insulation should be in the house. If it doesn't match up, it doesn't go in. So very, very tricky level. Um, and then the last level is simply default. You know, if, if it's an existing building, not, not a new building, but for an existing building, default say, well, it was built in 2011. In 2011, it's probably this. Yeah. And, uh, but but evidence is certainly a very very tricky thing, and it's 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 evolving. To be fair, it's, it's something SEO have been you know they're they're, they're trying to, to to manage. They have to be very careful not to go too far down one road where you can just oh I scouts honor you know that wall is full of squirrels. I promise. Mm -hmm. It's like okay. Yeah. You know what's the you a squirrel okay you know so you kind of have to they to be fair they have to be careful not not let too free rain out um oh it is right. <laughs> oh it is it is an issue that uh, work isn't done correctly or that it's not installed as per the manufacturer's instructions and then your walls not installations not behaving expected to and then your heat pump is overworking 
because well, I have below two, but if it was spelled correctly, yeah, because there is a real difference between like the, the, the paper assessment, you know, in theory, the engineer says this, or the assessor says this, or whatever, based on the, the, the very fancy Excel document that we use, um, which is our best approach, you know, it's, it's best efforts are done there. But if, if, like you say, if what's in the wall is not actually what's in the wall, you know, so you're, you're, you're down then, this is kind of one of the reasons why you're down at using registered contractors, you know, mm. using people who are part of that SEI quality team process, you know, people who are being held accountable for the work, you know, and, and like at the end of the day as well, I'll always argue, even if you're doing self-build, right, you should have an engineer associated with the job, okay? Like, you should have someone coming in saying, that's right, that's wrong, whatever, right? It's, they're there to help you, they're not there to to try and make your life painful. They're trying to make your life better by giving a better product at the end. Um, and if I can just do a quick sales pitch, for engineers all over Ireland, we're very cheap for what we do. Like, comparatively speaking, I think I, I totted up kind of the, the three factors of quantity surveyors, architect, and engineer on a recent build. It was like 2% of final build cost, you know? So even if you're in kind of 2%, 3% range, that's really not that much when you consider how much you're going to be spending on your new couch or your new bed or whatever it is going to, yeah. you know? And yeah. so the, the really like, spend your money wisely to get good advice. It is essential because there's no building control inspectors that come and check the different stages. So it is essential to have someone that will independently say, right, this is right, this is wrong. And sure, how, how would someone know, you know, otherwise? Yeah. Yeah, and like, look, especially if you're if you're self building, you know, like it's all well and good to say, oh, there's no one coming checking on me. I'm grand. I'm I'm out the gate. I'm safe. It's like, hang on, you're building your own house. Yeah. You know, you, you don't want to get away with things. You yeah. want to do it right because it's your own house. Do you know? So like, I I don't appreciate that kind of approach anyway. Going to new builds there. So moving on to heat pumps uh, to PV panels, just quickly, just run us through that. That's more forward you were saying so what's yeah no, no pv pans are very straightforward um again the nice thing about them is they work like they, they just work like when it's sunny they produce electricity when it's not sunny they don't um just to kind of debunk a myth they don't really make much during winter right like at all they will go gangbusters in summertime so anyone who's got pv pans today like they're they're happy out like mine are absolutely hopping off the roof it's fantastic you know they're they're, they're rocking away um they they are, again, though, a thing of the right solution to the right question. They're not the panacea to every problem. Um, I don't necessarily think they're always the first go-to thing. Um, I think you need to understand your problem before you say, yeah, the PV panels are my solution. Um, and absolutely, before you get on the road of PV panels with batteries are my solution. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of the, the grant process, really straightforward. Like, Beautifully straightforward. Um, it's all online for a start, so there's no kind of figgy paperwork and you've to sign, I've to sign, get it back to you, and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't happen. It's all online. And you apply again, same as ever, you apply to SEI first, get your approval, and then engage a contractor. Um, they install the works, a BR assessor comes out, confirms, like again, just confirms the BR rating given the panels are there um, and our batteries, whatever. Um, and then just reissues your um, BR cert. Once that happens in the background, um, SEI see that, see that a new BR cert has been uploaded, confirms the work's been done, grant is paid. Yeah. Very simple. Although, in, 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 in. there's no more but there is a grant 
or the EV charger, which applies to both new builds and existing houses. So at least that is something. If we're it's, get it's, it. one, it's one of the only ones. Um, PV, I believe PV and heat pumps um, apply from houses up to 2021. Um, so they're the one exception that they're, you know, they, they, they're a bit later in the timescale. Everything else is older houses and pre, I think, pre-2011. Yeah. Um, which is, which but is, you, you know, for heat pumps, I think, 2006, the others, isn't it? Um, so, um, so, so heat pump the, systems, 2021, uh, heat pump, so all the heat pumps are before 2021, occupied before 2021. Um, all the insulation is occupied before 2011. Um, and then I believe solar PV is equally uh, before 2021, although I do stand to be correct for that. Okay. Um, and the good thing about PV is well, uh, now there's a generation tariff. So if you export electricity, you get a bit of money for that. That's pretty nice. Does it help with the bills? Like you have PV panels. Do you have it for that? You're not getting much tax rebates as well. If you yeah, I, I, I think like my approach on all this stuff is if you're at that level of relying on that stuff to justify the decision, it's it's not a good decision. Um, like the, the priority should be to displace your own electricity use. Like if if you know if you're someone who's on current tariff, you're probably paying about forty cent a kilowatt hour for your electricity at the moment, right? So if every kilowatt hour you can displace every kilowatt hour you can stop using from the grid and you know generate yourself with your own panels is 40 cent saved um, so kind of the, the the hierarchy then is okay well if i can't use it immediately i'll store it in some way shape or form mm -hmm. there's two really good ways of storing it it's kind of three but i'll talk about two properly um, one is simply store it don't worry about batteries store in hot water just store it in your immersion system you know get something like an iBooster or whatever one, one of those kind of units that if it sees that your solar panels are exporting electricity to the grid, it goes, oh, hang on, I could put on some hot water. I'll put on the immersion. You know, the, the, the Irish people's fear of immersion. I'll put on the immersion and give you some hot water, you know? So if, if you have an oil boiler, um, it's a really good solution. PV panel with an e-boost system, our, our equivalent, whatever, you know, whatever will use the excess energy to heat uh, the water through the immersion in your cylinder, um, really good way of doing it. Like, that's, that's an excellent way of doing it. Um, the, the next level down from that really is, yeah, go down the route of chemical batteries, right, or just batteries, people know. Um, and, and that gives you the opportunity then to store your PV that you made too much of during the, you know, during the sunny period and use it in the other periods where you might need it. Also, little side tip, it gives the option to use nitrate electricity to charge the batteries in the wintertime, right, when your PV is doing absolutely nothing. And I promise you, it'll do nothing in the wintertime. Um, but it gives you that option to, to try and offset your electricity usage by using nitrate electricity in the daytime. Um, the, the last level is, obviously, you've got your EV. Um, it, 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 it's grand to try and marry the two, but it, it, it can be a bit finicky at times, you know, being at home for a start during peak periods, that kind of stuff. Not everyone is. Some people are whatever, but not always. Um, and, and then finally, yes, you, 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 know, you get paid for exporting energy onto the grid. Um, I, I, I would never rely on it for a few reasons, I suppose, but mainly, to be fair to, to anyone on that side of things, their job isn't really there to make you money. Right? You're, you're not going to get your 40 cents a kilowatt hour uh, rate. You're, you're probably going to get six or eight or whatever it is. You know? um, thing, I suppose it takes, it, yeah. It, it is, but you're better off doing other things first. Yeah. Do you know?
Um, and, and look, I suppose I'm a bit more old school in this, in this regards, a touch. I don't have batteries yet, system yet. I'm, I, 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 I'm on the verge of it, I think. Um, but right now, I'm still running my numbers. I'm still kind of looking and saying, look, does it really make sense for us to do this just yet? Um, but, but we're the kind of company, or we're the kind of, company, we're the kind of people, um, I'm at home, so we're the kind of people at home, who you know, will run around and put on the dishwasher. You know, we go, oh, we're generating power, dishwasher on, you yeah. know, and keep the washing machine on, and that, and that kind of stuff at the appropriate times. So the first objective always is use it, use it straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of losses, I suppose, if, as well with the other systems. But, but so how much is the grant? How much does it cost for the unit, and how much is the grant? The, the uh, for for the, uh, the solar PV? Yeah, solar PV. So solar PV, you get uh, 900 euro per kilowatt for the first two kilowatts. So if you put one kilowatt in, you get 900 euro. If you put two kilowatts in, you get 1,800 euro. After that, it's an additional 300 euro. So if you put two kilowatts in, you get 1,800 euro. If you put three kilowatts in, you get 2,100 euro. They're basically doing what you're saying you should be doing, which is they're incentivized to put less panels, just basically enough to sustain their need. We don't really want people exporting. Um, they're trying to encourage you to not have a battery and there's no more batteries so the idea is just use what's being generated on the spot i guess yeah. two panels get that far two two kilowatts i mean is it uh well i suppose two, it, it kind of, again it depends on your own particular circumstance um like our house for example is very electricity heavy by which i mean we have a heat pump we have an mvhr which is the air ventilation system um, obviously, we have electric lighting, you know, our cooker is electric, you know, so we're, we're very electric heavy. And um, if you're a household that literally only has like lights, TV, and your chargers of electricity, then quite frankly, two kilowatts is probably more than enough for you. Um, now, the question has to be asked, are you there to use it when it's available? So like, you know, it's, it's available nowadays from kind of, you know, eight or nine in the morning through to maybe four or five in the evening, depending on your orientation at a very strong level and um, it's it's available kind of outside those levels at lower lower levels but you know are you there to avail of it are you there to benefit from it because if you're not maybe it's not the perfect solution and how how much does it install panels these days do you have an idea of that sort I, of i did my homework on this one for you <laughs> just in case you ask. <laughs> <laughs> so um a three kilowatt PV system will cost in the region of 7,000 euro installed. Okay, so that's everything done, you know, home, home, home and hosed, so they say. Um, minus the grant of 2,100 euro, because there's three kilowatt PV. Um, so you're coming in at 4,900 euro um, on, on, on that. Again, I don't sell them, I just pulled this down off of somebody there recently. Um, so you know, you're in that kind of region, right? So, you know, I suppose there's a few ways to think about it. Um, a 2,000 euro grant is always nice to get. You know, that's cash you wouldn't otherwise have to spend. Um, the, other way, the other way of looking at that is, okay, it's going to cost you 5,000 euro, there or thereabouts. Um, how much energy will I save on my bill from that? One way to kind of guesstimate that is to say, well, what's your current annual electricity bill? Do you know, like just, just kind of, a lot of people go into this decision not knowing what that number is. Go and find out what the number is. Ideally, not just the last 12 months, ideally kind of the last three, four months, pull out all the bills. There should only be, you know, 12 of them, one every two months. So it's not horrible. And if you have a smart meter, you'll know even more information about your usage. But, have, you know, get into it a little bit. It, it, it's not horrible stuff. You know, get into it, understand your usage, understand what you need, and say, well, if all your electricity usage 
especially if you have a smart meter nowadays, and you can see, oh, I, I don't use any electricity during the day. All of my electricity is, you know, at night between eight and, you know, one o'clock in the morning, whatever, when I'm gaming or whatever it might be, PV panels are not going to be my, my thing. However, if, you know, you've got a decent amount of usage during the day, and you're okay, well, a PV panel's a good marriage. Yeah. And, and then use that information you, you, you can go very analog, look at the bills and just break down, divide by 31 days or wherever it might be to get an, a, an average daily quantity. But try and go in to the conversation with a sense of it yourself. Don't just ring up the guys and go, oh, how much PV do I need? You sell PV, how much do I need? And they go, well, <laughs> we have a warehouse full of PV. You can have it all, you know? Um, so they're really good people, to be fair. They really are good. And sometimes they're excellent. They're doing this a long, long time. Um, but I always take... People who sell the advice, a grain of salt, to be fair. So do you do you have to go with someone on the SAI list for PVPAN? You would. Come on. Obviously. So heat pumps, how much is the um how much is the grant and how much is it costing these days? Um so again it, it, it's a touch of how long is a piece of string. Um so the the grant is easier to talk about. So the, the grant, first of all, for the technical assessment, there's a 200 euro grant for the technical assessment. And um, they tend to cost around kind of 400 to 500 euro, depending. And um, again, if it's an enormous house, it might be more than that, but that's the kind of region they cost. So you're getting 200 euro grant towards that. That's not too bad. And um, for a heat pump system, sorry, I'm literally reading off the sheet here, as you can probably tell. Um, so a home built before 2021, and um, all houses will get a 6,500 euro heat pump grant. Apartments, however, get a €4,500 grant, so slightly reduced for apartments. Um, and I want to say there's controls there too. I can't find them yeah. right now. Um, it, no, yeah, heating controls, €700. €700 for good control. Yeah. That's like, um, it's going to cost a lot. What's the going rate? Well, and, and, and this is where the piece of string bit comes in. Um, so if we go back to like my original commentary about heat pumps, which was that they're a great solution to the right problem. And um, the way heat pumps like to work best is low temperature and for a long time, okay? So a boiler will deliver you radiator temperature at like 70 to 90 degrees C, you know, really high temperature water. Uh, a heat pump would prefer to be at 35 degrees C. That would be its preferred position, okay? It can run a radiator right but it deliver water to the radiator at 55 degrees c so you will either have to get your radiators running longer or do something to them maybe make them bigger you can activate them as well which means putting little fans in behind them to get them sucking more air you know you can do a few different things but ideally your house is already perfectly set up what does a perfect setup look like for a house well first of all obviously well insulated you know well set up in that regards and um, and quite frankly ideally already has under four heating are large radiators and um, it doesn't have to be overheating but the very simple thing about overheating is it's a big radiator that's all it is and people think it's extremely fancy and we have it and it's great it is great and um, but it's just a big radiator that's, that's all it really really is so it just allows your heat pump to run to low temperature which it likes doing the minute you come away from low temperature or you come away from long run hours then, then you're, you're starting to reduce the efficiency of the heat pump. It doesn't like working in those kind of conditions. Um, so ideally, if you have a house that's already well set up, then you're not going to be a million miles away from your 6,500 euro. You know what I mean? You're probably going to be in around maybe the eight, 
10 grandish kind of region, you're not going to be horribly, you know, out of, uh, uh, people say out of pocket. I don't think that's a fair, a fair, fair, fair comment to make. You know, you're, you're going to get a good return as well as probably how I look at it. Um, now, to be fair, by comparison, a decent oil boiler is probably something in around two grand, do you know? So, like, compare apples and apples here, like, yeah, you're getting six and a half grand grant, but you're still paying maybe two to three grand on top of that, um, ignoring any work that have to get done, where an oil boiler is two grand. However, you know, oil boiler does a different job. It's a different fish entirely, you know, and obviously you have to have the conversation about why are you going down the heat pump road? Why are you doing that? What's your objective here? Well, you don't need a boiler anymore, but gas is being phased out as well, aggressively. So it's going to be, there won't be much fairly soon, so you may as well get the grant now that you're at it. Uh, I, I, I don't know about that comment, to be honest. Um, as a full disclosure, I used to work for the gas board mm -hmm. way back when. My role there was developing renewable natural gas. So you hear about the biogas, also things, that's, that's what I was involved with. Um, I know. I suppose my, my very simple answer to that question is there's two million households or homes in Ireland um, but two but one, I think, at last count. Um, there's a significant problem where, you know, two thirds, roughly, of those will not be heat pump compliant, and they're also not on, like, you know, not not very suitable for alternative means. So they will need some form of traditional traditional heating. Now, this is a whole other conversation on yeah. itself. And I have a gas board in the old house. Like, there's not a hope I'd put a heat pump here. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So again, it's the right, the right, right solution to the right problem. And um, the overall solution, ultimately, for that kind of stuff, will be things like the bio LPG that I think Flowgas have already started rolling out for domestic uh, properties. And um, you've got your um, boilers that are coming out now, um, bio oil ready, uh, which means the reconstituted vegetable or RVO. And um, you know, it's it's the old chip fat. You know, maybe back in the eighties or nineties, you probably don't remember Astrid, but there was people using that to run their cars. Way better approach to that nowadays but similar kind of idea renewable fuel you know and it's still a liquid it's still a gas but it's just not fossil and that's the difference yeah okay i think we'll leave it at that was there anything you have to know that's very pressing about um and things that we haven't covered i think we covered most things but and all all, all i suppose all i would say is um if if you're going down a road of, of trying to figure out what to do right there's, there's three words that I give everybody, right? The first objective has to be reduce. Just reduce your usage, right? That's what you're trying to do. So you're going to try to insulate, you're trying to do air tightness, you're going to try and do something like that. But the objective is reduce. Like, people, like I think you asked me before, like what's the biggest bang for your buck you can do? Attic insulation is a simple question. It's, it's, it's a simple answer. If you have like, a bungalow and you have an attic and there's less than 200 meters of insulation up there, go down to Woody's or get down to cork builders, providers or whomever, get your roll of insulation and get it up there. It's the cheapest thing you can do, it'll have the biggest impact. So reduce is the first objective. Once you've done whatever reductions you can, then you start looking at the other things like, you know, reusing MVHRs, renewables, PV panels, heat pumps, how to solve the problem you're left with. But don't try and solve the problem first. Reduce the problem first and then try and solve it. Okay, cool. And actually we didn't say there was ventilation in the one-stop shop. Anyway, that's for yeah. That's a whole other conversation. And how much insulation is too much is another question. But we'll come back to all those. Thank you very no, much. 
Um, the longest thing is too much isolation. There is such thing as diminishing all returns. So beyond but a certain point, it becomes less efficient. And less, less, yeah, it doesn't really make sense to start putting more in financially. No, no, exactly. There, 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 there are limits. So there are absolutely. There are kind of sweet spots for installation as well. Yeah. 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 Is, we'll talk about those topics another time. Thanks so much, Roger. That's it for this Self Build Plus podcast episode. Tune in next time for more tips and advice from experts and self builders alike. And make sure to explore everything Self Build Plus has to offer. The Self Build Plus journey guides you through the process of building and home improving. The Self Build Plus forum allows you to share and learn from other self builders. While the Self Build Plus videos and our Self Build Plus virtual events are packed with information and advice with self-build stop dreaming start building even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.